Amen. Turn your neighbor, tell your neighbor it's going to be a great morning. How many of you have ran a marathon before? Come on. Yeah, whether you finish it or not is another story, but you, you have taken part. All right? And, and you know that the race is, is not an easy race. So this morning, I have some fun facts about marathon. Yeah, the first marathon commemorated a runner by the name of Phidippides. Everybody said Phidippides. So he ran from the battlefield near a town of Marathon in Greece to Athens in 490 BC. He ran, according to legend, Phidippides, he ran approximately 25 miles so that he can announce the defeat of the Persians to, some, uh, to, to the anxious Athenians. But the thing was this, that the moment he reached Athens and he delivered the message, he shouted, Nikki, which means victory. What happened was that he fell over and he died because of exhaustion. He wasn't fit enough, but you see, Philippides, he ran so far and not a very good ending for him, right? So the thing is this, that even in life, in our Christian journey, it's all good to have excitement and passion. Just like Phidippides, he was very excited, he was very passionate to declare to the Athenians that, you know, they have already won the war. But there is more to last in a long run. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27, I want to read the Passion Translation to you. It says this, Isn't it obvious that all runners on the racetrack keep on running to win? but only one receives the victor's prize. Listen to this. Yet each one of you must run the race to be victorious. So you must run with the, with the, with the mindset that you're going to be victorious. A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel wreath that quickly read us, but we run a race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. For that reason, I don't just run for exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches, but I train like, an, like a champion athlete. So it tells us this, that when we have decided to run in this journey of faith with God, we must be ready you know, in our minds, in our, you know, our hearts, in our spirit, that we need to finish this race. We, we've got to finish it victoriously. And at the meantime, we also need to train like a champion athlete. So we don't just simply run. So we, how do we train? Yeah, I, I've ran in, in uh, one, two, two marathons before, just a, a week apart, I almost died. Okay? And it was horrible uh, because I didn't have enough time to recuperate. I signed up without knowing that, that you know, they, they moved the race to, to so close to each other. But thank God that the second race, I, I managed to run even faster than the first. But the thing is this, that, you know, it, it's not fun. You know, when at the starting line, everybody's excited. Everybody will have their gears, you know, all ready. And man, they look good. Some will... Really, you know, they, they are like a pump up and, and they are, you know, just can't wait for the race to, to start, you know, and they'll be like, oh, oh, yeah, man, come on. Oh, you know, and they want to warm up and it's still like 15 minutes before the race starts. 
And everybody is there. Then the moment the, the, the gun goes off, bam! Wow, you know, I tell you what, that's the best time to take photos. Because everybody will be in their best pose. When they run, when they pass the cameraman, they'll be like, you know, I know because I did that as well. Because when you pass, you must. But you see, as you run, as you continue to run, and you run, and you run, your body gets tired. And when you get tired, there's a lot of distractions that come in the way. And one of it is that, why not just stop and wait for the bus to pick you up? Nobody knows anyway. But the thing is this. I realize that if you want to go for a long run, you need to have a good pace. So it's no point that you start off so well, all looking well and good. You know, your, 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 your running jersey is, is, is like, you know, some people even iron their, their running jerseys just for the starting shot. But after a while, you don't even care about how your hair looks like. You guys who ran a marathon, you understand what I'm saying, right? But we need to run with a good pace because it is a long run. In a short distance race, the burst of power is an advantage. Just like in the 100 meter race, the burst of power is very, very important because that will propel you forth. But the race that we are in is for the long haul where a good pace is crucial to finish well. You know, modern lifestyle is very demanding. I believe that all of us here, we have schedules to fill, targets to hit, and people to meet. People like busy because busy has the appearance of being important. Am I right? You know, and I was reading this book, and, 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 and this guy is a pastor, and he, he said this, we, sometimes we are so busy that busy have gotten into our, our lifestyle that we don't even realize it. So one night, about three o'clock, one of his members called him and said, Pastor, I have an emergency. I hope that I, I'm not disturbing your rest. And you know what? He automatically said this, Oh, no, no, I'm not asleep yet. But the actual fact is he was asleep two hours ago because he just wanted the appearance to tell people that, you know, being a pastor, that he's, he's, he's 24-7. And, and after he put down the phone, he felt so terrible. That why, you know, that, that, that busyness had become so much part of his lifestyle and, and, and has become an identity for him that he needed to, to act that way or even to lie so that people would see that this pastor don't just prepare one sermon a week kind of thing. But all of us know that being busy or, has, or, you know, or having the appearance of being busy means that we are doing something big or important. That is far from the truth. Am I right? You can be busy for nothing. You can be busy but achieve little. Being packed does not mean being productive. So when we run this race, we must start off really planning the pace that we need to have in this race with God. It's not a sudden burst of, 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 of energy and, and it's not like, oh, halfway, you, you're going to quit for a while. But we need to constantly running. Even though it's at a slower pace, you are still moving ahead. You guys follow what I'm saying? So being busy does not necessarily mean that you are being fruitful. And I pray that we will not come to a place 
where, where our understanding of, of being a fruitful life is that, oh, it's just being busy. Oh, today I have this meeting, that meeting. Oh, you know, after that, oh, you know, I, I have to minister to someone and all this thing. I tell you what, it is ridiculous to think that fruitfulness is busyness. Because whatever Jesus says, Jesus says that He wants us to have fruits that last. It's not a big, you know, God is not saying just a big harvest. Because a big harvest, if the fruits do not last, it does not make any sense. So no matter how good the fruit tastes, if it only lasts a day, it's gone. You, you guys have seen sakura flowers before, right? And sakura flowers, they're only there for, what, two weeks the most? And the thing is this, what's the point? If, if we, you know, we start off this race just to take a starting shot, but then not crossing the finishing line. So we need to learn to pace well. Being busy, always being in a hurry has damaging effects. There are a few things that busyness and hurriedness do to us. Number one, it increases stress. Solomon, Songs of Song, in chapter 1 verse 6, the today's English version says this, I have no time to care for myself. How many of us have actually said that word before to someone in our today's time? Oh, I have no time for myself. Friends, you, love, you lack self-care because you are too busy. You live such a fast-paced life that you are always a day late and a dollar short. One well, of my pastor friends tell me this. You know, when I you know, tell my staff what to do, I always tell them that, you know, I want it yesterday. I felt that that's a wrong attitude. How many of you are glad that Jesus do not hurry us? He's cheering us on, but he's not hurrying us. Friends, if we always being busy and always live a hurried life, we will end up having an empty tank and then nothing to go on anymore. Just like in a race, you can run fast, as fast as you want in a marathon. You may look good for the first part of the race, but then later on, you will suffer. Don't let achievements define you. Your activity is not your identity. When people have their value and worth set in the wrong things, they will convince themselves to work harder and longer, and eventually, they become prisoners of their own illusions. They think that, you know, that they are, they are always chasing the things that are always eluding them. They are always chasing that eluding satisfaction in their lives. They keep on running, oh, I, I think, you know, I, I can get a bit more, then I'll be happy, but when they get that, they, they will run a bit more for more and more and more, at the end of the day, they don't even know why they are running anymore. I think Robert Kiyosaki says this, that people, when they have a house, they want a vacation home. When they have a vacation home, they, they are working their, their lives off, paying off the vacation home until they have no time to take vacation. That's what happens when we don't set 
the right values and the right worth in our lives. So when you keep on chasing things that are eluding you, you will always be stressful. You will always be thinking there's one more to go, one more to go. But I tell you what, friends, if we live that kind of life, we will be very stressed out. Secondly, busyness and hurriedness, it decreases joy. Job chapter 9, verse 25, the easy-to-read version says this, my days are passing faster than a runner. They are flying by without any joy. Wow. Friends, don't you realize the faster you move, the lesser you notice the things around you? How many of you have driven above the speed limit before? Don't lift up your hands. But when you drive fast, you tend to miss out on the things around you. Because everything is, is just, you know, passing by. Or we, we, love to, we love to fly, you know, to, 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 to destination because it saves time. Am I right? But when you're up in the sky, the plane is so fast. What do you really see? Clouds. When you look down, everything is just, you, you can't see much, you probably just see a landscape of things. Am I right? But you don't see the, 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 you know, the people that's walking or people who's working. or you, you just can't because it's going too fast. Friends, when the faster you move, you have less time to enjoy life. What you think will give you joy now becomes your slave master. You work not because of your passion anymore, but because you just want to make payments for things in your life. Possessions are not bad, but the moment they possess you, your joy dies with it. Am I making sense this morning? Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, he's not talking about you, don't worry. Busyness and hurriedness. The third thing, it makes you less productive. Multitasking doesn't mean you are capable or productive. It actually divides your attention and your focus. You are not at your full capacity and it increases the possibility of mistakes if you multitask. The Bible tells us that. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 2, the New Century Version says this, if you act too quickly, you might make a mistake. So we multitask because we want to get things done fast. But you know what? You are prone to make a mistake. Proverbs 21, verse 5, the Message Bible says, careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. I think that, that, that speaks for itself, right? The fourth thing, busyness and hurriedness, it dries up love. Relationship are always, relationships are always the first to be sacrificed when you are busy. Am I right? Come on, let's be honest here. Either you have no time for your parents, you have no time for your spouse, you have no time for your kids, you have no time for other people, you have no time for your friends, you have no time for church, you have no time for your dog, your cat, 
You have no time for yourself. Friends, let me tell you something about relationships. We should never be maintaining relationships. We must grow relationships. Friends, in life, we should be building memories, not monuments. Relationships are memories, not monuments. Things are monuments. So we need to build memories, friends, because the days are fleeting. It passes by very quickly. You know, this morning in prayer meeting, I was just saying, you know, that I've known Kelvin for over 20 years. Now I look at, at a bunch of, you know, a group of students, most of them below 20 years old. I say, wow, our friendship is longer than your life. But 20 years just passed by just like that. How many of you, you remember yesterday you were young? Yeah? But you know what, friends? If one day we look back and there are only monuments and no memories, I think we are missing out in our lifetime. This run is going to be very sad. Because relationships are more important than things. And fifthly, busyness and hurriedness keeps you from hearing God. Psalms 46 verse 10 says, To be still and know that He is God. The contemporary English version says, Our God says, Calm down and learn that I am God. All nations on earth will honor me. Calm down. Turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor, calm down. You know, busyness and being in a hurry are death or prayer. Come on, let's be honest here. How many of us we have prayed in a hurry before? Yeah? Have you listened to prayers when you're in a hurry? When we are so busy, we only have time to let go know what we want or what we need, but no time to hear what He says. The greatest privilege of prayer is not the answers that we get. The greatest privilege of prayer is that we know that there's a God who listens to us. Being still enables you to hear God's voice. So we must learn to calm down, to take time, amen? And not in a busy schedule. You know, I have people who say, yeah, yeah, you know, oh, I pray, I pray when I, I get stuck in the traffic jam. I hope you don't close your eyes when you pray, when you're driving. You know, oh, I pray when, you know, in between meetings. You know, it's different when you set a time, when you sit down to be quiet with God, than just like rushing and, you know, you're praying and then suddenly someone cut into your lane and say, oh God, remember that person in front of me, you know. Fire, brimstone, you know, and no. I hope not, all right. I'm just saying that don't let busyness and hurriedness rob us away from the time, the precious time to hear from God. Pacing well, to have a good pace, is about prioritizing. 
It is not substituting. Friends, hear me well. Pacing well is about prioritizing, not substituting. It's not about getting lazier or being laid back. An overloaded life is a choice. It's a choice that you make to be overloaded. It's a choice that you, have, you are make, you, that you make to be busy. I believe that we don't have to be busy to be productive. We don't have to be in a hurry to be important. So remember this. What hurriedness and busyness does to us, it increases stress. How many of you have seen a person who is busy, very calm? And really serene? You know Mary and Martha? Martha was running around in the house. And then when, when she saw Mary at the feet of Jesus. She was like, Jesus, why do you, you know, why, why you allow my sister to, to do that? You know, can't she see that we are busy preparing for supper? And Jesus said, no, she has a better place. She has a better part in this. I believe that Martha did not go to Jesus. Jesus, you know, we are <laughs> so busy. <sighs> You know, running around, preparing. You know, how come Martha? You know, how come Mary is sitting here? Oh, so nice. You know, I wish I could be there. But you know, Jesus, it's okay. I'll just go back and, and do my work. You wish. I believe she was like, she had to make her, her, her voice heard. You have encountered busy people, people in a hurry. Do they talk softly to you? When your parents is hurrying to get out of the house to, to go to somewhere, do you think they'll be like, hey, Pastela, we are late. Or your wife or your spouse or your husband will tell you, hey, you know, <laughs> we are a little bit late. Uh, hurry up. Can you just a little faster? No. My wife certainly don't do that. She faster or late, Ray, then she's in the car. But I can't do that to her. Alright? It decreases joy. It makes you less productive. It dries up love and keeps you hearing from God. So all these are the negative things about busyness and hurriedness. So, with the five things of, you know, that I shared with you, I also know five things that we need to learn in this life to be able to pace well. Number one, we, we need to be content. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned. Everybody say learned. Underline that in, in, in your Bible. To be content whatever the circumstances. Paul the Apostle says that he have learned to be content. Contentment can be learned. Discontentment can be unlearned. By nature, we are not content people. Unlearn the discontent and learn to be content. Ask yourself why you want more. If you can't answer that, something is wrong. Oh, I want the extra mark. 
Why? Uh, so that I want the extra mark. That's wrong. Let me ask you. Students, oh, I want the extra mark. Why? Because so I can be better than, than the people around me. Well, you figure it out, all right? Ambition must be founded on the right motivations. Longing for belonging or longing for approval are bad motivations. Remember, don't let achievement define you. Know this. You are who you are because of who God has made you. Remember that when Jesus went for when Jesus was baptized, when he came out of the water, a voice from heaven said this, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus at that time have not even healed a single sick person, have not even raised the dead, have not even cast out demons, have not even preached his first message. But yet, God the Father says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Remember this. It's not about performance. It's about relationship. So we are discontent because we think that things can define us. We keep on struggling and struggling only to find that things don't really define us. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 6, it says, it may be so, but I say to you, it is better to be content with what little you have. Otherwise, you will always be struggling for more and that is like chasing the wind. If you are not happy with what you have today, you will not be happy with what you get tomorrow. A lot of people, they become discontent because they have this thing within them, they want to compare themselves with other people. If you drive a big car, I want to drive a bigger car than you. If you stay in a big house, I want to stay in a bigger house than you. If you have, you know, this how much marks, I want to be higher than you. If you live by comparison, do you know there's a Chinese saying, there's always another mountain that's higher than you? You understand what I'm saying? Because there will always be something else in your life. But if you are not content with what you have today, you will never be content with what you're going to get tomorrow. So friends, I pray that we will learn to prioritize what is important in our lives? Amen? Yeah, being content is about knowing what you have. It's not about wanting what you don't have. Number two, we need to learn to say no. Everybody say no. Don't feel guilty or ashamed by saying no. Most people have a to-do list. But not many people have a don't do list. Am I making sense here? A lot of times we say yes because we are being impulsive. Proverbs 20 verse 25 says, don't fall into the trap of making promises to God before you think. So a lot of times we, oh yes, 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 but then we cannot deliver. It is always easier to get in than to get out. You put on weight, it's very hard to put off weight. It's easy to get into debt, 
but it's very hard to get out of debt. It's easy to get into a triad, but hard to get out of the triad. You understand what I'm saying? Are you guys okay? Am I making sense here? So we must learn to say no. Before we start doing anything, we must know what we must stop doing first. We think that we can, oh, just everything, everything, everything. It's not going to happen, friends. Saying no is not an excuse to be unproductive. Actually, it's quite the contrary, so that you can focus on what you have said yes to. Friends, I pray that we will understand this. Because too many times, a lot of times we just, you know, do things that we could, but we shouldn't. What you could doesn't mean what you should. Am I right? Third point. You guys okay? Prioritize rest. What is rest? A lot of people sleep is rest. Rest is what relaxes you. I've known people who sleep a lot, but yet they, they cannot rest. You know, in Exodus chapter 35, verse 2, it says this, Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh day shall be a holy day for you, a Sabbath rest of the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You know how God is so serious about rest? You know, if you know about carrots, how they are grown in the garden. You know, when carrots begin to grow, they have to be thinned out. So when the tops are about two inches high, you pull up the carrots, thin them, so that the remaining ones are about an inch apart. Then three or four weeks later after that, you thin the carrots again to three or four inches apart. You have to do this to the carrots because if you don't, the roots will become crooked and all the carrots will be bad. So you have to thin out some of the good carrots so that the other carrots will even be better. This is something that we have to do in our lives. Sometimes we have to take things out, take some things out so that our load is not so heavy, so that we can do other things better. And we have to be sure there is time and space for Sabbath, for rest and for renewal that will connect us to God and help us to grow as His followers. So taking a Sabbath day or Sabbath rest is not skipping church. So when we rest, what do we understand by rest? A lot of times we think that rest is from work. Am I right? Yes, that is partly true. But the other part is that we need to rest in God. Rest day is not to catch up with your work. Rest is for the body. If you don't rest your body, your body will force you to rest. Doctors, you, you, you understand what I'm saying, right? Because your body knows best. 
So use the rest day to recharge your spiritual life, to recharge your emotions, to refocus your spirit. That's why we come together as Christians, we come together once a week to worship God. That is the reason, one of the main reasons when we worship God, we put our life into perspective. If you are too busy for God, you are just too busy. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, the message Bible says, is, Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythm of grace. Wow. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. The problem is this. We take off from God, but not from our work. We take off from our Sabbath with God so that we can do other things without God. That's not the way. Friends, I tell you what, if you don't get the rhythm right, no matter how many holidays you go to, no matter how beautiful the countries that you go to or, or what, whatsoever that, that you get involved with, you will never be able to rest. For me, serving on Sunday is not transactional. A lot of people say, you know, pastors, yep, full-time workers, Sunday is their work day, Monday is their Sabbath. I tell you what, I love what I do. For me, I find this so relaxing. It's my time with God. You know one of the reasons why I, I like to preach? It's not that I like to preach in front of people. The reason why I like to preach is because I get to study God's Word. I love it when I get a chance, especially those invitations that come really late. Because I'll force myself to a place where, you know, I shut off everything so that I can focus. And I read God's word. I, I, I read and I read and I read. What is God saying? What is God saying? What is God saying? And when God speaks, oh, I tell you, before it's a now word to the people, it's a now word for me. That's why that is my, my rest. I do what relaxes me. Amen? So we must find ourselves, uh, you know, some people, they, they love to worship. Yeah? Because that relaxes them. Or they put their life into perspective. That's why it's important. Alright friends, remember, we must prioritize rest. If your company don't understand that, then you need to make a statement to your company. You understand what I'm saying? Fourthly, learn to trust God's perfect timing. Impatience is a product of the lack of trust. God has a timetable, but God doesn't explain His timetable. We all love Jeremiah 29, 11, right? For I know the plans that I have for you, plans that will prosper you, plans that will give you a hope and a future. But God does not say when. When. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11. God has given them a desire to know the future. He does everything just right and on time, but people can't completely understand what he's doing. So this is who God is. So we must trust God's perfect timing. God's timing is always, always the best. Whether we see it or not, it is always the best. Amen? Yes, okay? One more point. Learn to use love as your filter. Ephesians 5 verse 2 says, He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. The message Bible tells us that. In life, there will always be competing priorities. So when that happens, always choose the most loving option. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14 says, Keep your eyes open, hold tight to your convictions, give all you have got, be, res be resolute, and love without stopping. So everything, let's do it, and let's be motivated by love. Love God, love your neighbour, love yourself. If it compromises your love, then it is not a good thing to do. It's as simple as that. If the thing compromises your love toward God, it's not a good thing to do. If it compromises your love toward your neighbour, it's not a good thing to do. If it compromises loving yourself, it's not a good thing to do. Amen? So, God doesn't want us to burn out. When God put us on this race, He intends for us to finish. He doesn't intend for us to lose steam halfway. He wants us to finish. So don't burn out. Turn your neighbor, tell your neighbor, don't burn out. And with this, I'll end, all right? Psalms 51, verse 10, the Message Bible says this, God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. Shape a Genesis week. God, make a beginning, a new beginning from the chaos of my life. Maybe some of us, we are just too busy, but we are not admitting it. Maybe some of us, we are always in a hurry, but we are not admitting it. This morning, I want to encourage us. It's okay not to be busy. It's okay. I thank God that God's kingdom is not a kingdom that keeps us in hurriedness, in busyness. But God's kingdom keeps us purposeful, keeps us intentional. Even as we run this race, friends, I pray that we will not be like a 100 meter dash that we just palm and just, you know, with all the bursts of energy and then we just run. But let's run like a marathon. When you run, you look around, you get to see. But nowadays, marathon, the latest world record is 1 hour, 59 minutes and 40 seconds. It's so fast. But you understand what I'm trying to say here. Our run is not a 42.3 km. Our run is for the long haul. It is going to be a long run. Some of us started earlier, some of us started a bit later, it doesn't matter. 
But you know what? God wants, to pace, wants us to pace well so that we can finish. It's not who finished first. It's so that every one of us will finish. Every one of us will get a finisher jersey. You understand what I'm saying? You know, when I ran, I just wanted to finish so that I can get the finisher jersey. That I can wear finisher 42.3 km. Stand chart run. Finisher. You know, the night run. 42.3. I just want to finish. I don't care about the prize money, you know, the first prize get 1,000 ring or whatever. No. I run so I can finish. Friends, maybe some of us in this life, we are too busy because we are running to stay ahead of people without knowing that along the way we have sacrificed a lot of things. Our families have been sacrificed. Relationships have been sacrificed. No time for this, no time for that. I think it's very sad. Because at the end of, this, at the, end of the day, these things don't really matter. It's the memories that matters. So have you been building memories in your life? Or have you been so busy building monuments? Your memories will go with you. You know, I've seen some movies and, and, and I, you know, some people when, when they, when they grow up, they grown up, they, some movies, all right, they go back to, to where their, their first home was and, and then at the wall there, there's, there's a marker how tall they were and then, you know, and they keep, you know, having that and then they try to find that because wonderful memories. You know, when I go back to Ipoh, I always take, you know, a little bit of time to then drive past the, the house that I grew up in. I just look and, and just look around the surrounding. I realize things have changed so much. Because a lot of memories was built there, were built there. Friends, how about us now? With our loved ones. At the end of the day, it's not the money that you, you, you're going to give to them. It's not about the car or the house that you provide for them. It's really about the memories of doing life together. Even when we work, we are so busy, we are so consumed by this whole notion of things that, oh, you know, you just always need to be up and going to stay awake, drink more coffee. Somehow going into the, 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 the you know, uh, can you pass me that flask, please? You know, we go into the office, we make sure that we hold a flask that looks like a coffee flask that, you know, preferably have, have a Starbucks. And, and we hold it and, and, and we, you know, instead of the, the label facing in, we face the label out. Starbucks. And then we, we open the lid. Oh, how to open? You see, that's why I don't bring coffee to work, right? So we, we open the lid so that there's the steam coming out and we walk past our, so that people can smell the aroma is coffee. Oh, today is going to be a long day. I need to be awake. Oh, last night I slept so late because I was working. I need a coffee to stay alive. <sighs> and then we sit in the office, we put there. I come. 
after a while, you know, I need a second cup. Coffee won't die with you. Memories do. Coffee will kill you. <laughs> Too much of it. Come have your Starbucks back. I think that even as we end, as we you know coming to a year end, starting 2020. 2020 is a good year. I believe so. 2020, good vision. <laughs> Amen. Not Dr. Mayade's vision, all right, but 2020 vision. You understand what I'm saying, right? But 2020, can, can we be clearer on our priorities in life? Can we be clearer on what is important? Rather than just going through another year, I don't know, maybe some of us, we look back, wow, this year has been so busy. I pray that sometimes we just need to learn to slow down a little bit. Even though you slow down, you're still running. I would rather, in a marathon, I would rather run slowly than to stop and for half an hour, okay. I've wasted time. I would rather just slow down and just keep running. Even though it's a snail pace, I'm still moving forward. Pace well. Friends, can we make 2020 a good pace? Start right now with our lives. Amen? Just make it a point. Don't be too busy. Don't be always in a hurry. You know, someone asked me this, he said, hey, pastor, you know, remember that, you know, those days where you preach in the evening and you will drive in the afternoon and then you reach there, you preach, after preach, you, 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 you drive back straight, then you go for another service. So I look at him, I said, you know what? It was, it was okay in those times. But I can honestly tell you this, to be honest, I like that kind of feeling because it tells people I'm very busy. I've always have another schedule to fill. But one day, one church invited me and, and the person said this, Pastor, will you stay back a day or two more so that we can fellowship with you? Because our relationship is not just ministry, it's not professional, it's not a business transaction where you preach, you know, I give you a love offering, you go back. But I want you to get to know my leaders, get to know my people. When I heard that, I said, wow, isn't that more valuable than to say that, oh, I preach a great message. I don't want people to know me for my messages. I want people to know me for who I am. I don't want people to know me because of my preaching. I want people to know me because of who I am. So friends, why not just take these few moments. Can we do that? Just put your Bibles aside. Put your handphone aside. 
you know, I, you know, with this younger generation, every time when I go out and, and, and they're always very busy. You know, every time I sit down, you know, with them, I always see them taking out their handphones. Oh yeah, Pastor, yeah, yeah. Oh, today was a good day. Every other time. I just wonder, have we come to a place where the phone is so difficult to put down that we have no time anymore that to just talk to each other and say, how are you? And to just listen to the voice of someone say, I'm fine. Because today, many people choose to, to text rather than to talk. And then we wonder why communication fails in any relationship. I hope none of you parents, when you ask your children to come out for dinner, you have to text them. Hey, come out for dinner. Dinner is ready. Think send. Or WhatsApp message. Uh, uh, boy, uh, dinner is ready. Uh. Mommy cook already. Uh, come out and eat. Uh. Send. Then the son think, ah, you know, dinner is ready. Uh. Come out and eat. Uh. Then, it's so sad, right? I think we need to refocus a little bit more. Can we do that? Maybe some of us really need to write down some things. Maybe some relationships have been sacrificed without us knowing. I tell you what, age, don't wait for anyone. It just keep going. It just keep going up. It just keep going up. Maybe we should do a bit more time with our parents with our family, with our friends. Yeah. Amen. Now I enjoy using grab food a lot. Not because I'm lazy or, or what, but I like it because, you know, I get to sit at home with my wife and then order food, the food come, and then we sit down and we can, you know, just chat. Not so busy trying to go out where to find restaurant, find parking, because most of our time, right, we go out two hours for dinner. Chances are half the time we are just busy walking around, finding parking. And then no time when we sit down, it's so noisy, everybody, ah, then we eat, then we walk away. But it's fun, you know, to just sit down with my wife and just talk and just eat and say, how's your food? We have time to ask, how's your food? You know, oh, you know, it's, it's a bit cold. Hey, let's put it in the oven. So both of us, yesterday we, we ordered grab food. It's a bit cold. We went, we, both of us went back to the kitchen, opened the oven, put inside, turn, turn on 10 minutes and both of us sitting, looking at the oven. I say, yeah, the food today. And then we, we began to talk a bit. Then after that, we went to the living room. Then we talked a bit more. Then, ding! Hey, come on. Then both of us went back. And then we, we think, and then we, you know, I think, yeah need to refocus. Yeah? Why not just take these few moments? Can we do that? Wherever you are seated. I know I'm a little bit chonghei today. Yeah, you won't be hearing from me for three weeks, alright? Maybe some things we need to refocus this morning to keep our pace well. Can we do that? Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just take this moment. Just it's between you and God. Yeah, wherever you are seated. 
Maybe some of us are just too busy that we have no time to breathe. You know what, when we are busy, we put people in schedules. I think that's very sad. Amen. Father, this morning, help us to put the right priorities in our lives. Lord, if we are too busy, we are just too busy. Help us to set the right pace. Holy Spirit, we know that with your help, we can set the right pace for our lives. It doesn't mean that we become lazier or we become a, a laid-back person. But Lord, it's really about being more effective, oh God, and more productive. Father, I pray that speak to us this morning. If there are some relationships that we need to invest in to mend back, Lord, we pray that we will do it. We won't wait for another day. Because the people might not be there anymore. Lord, we pray, oh God, help us, oh God, to put the right things, the right values and the right worth, even in this journey with you. So Jesus, I pray, speak to us. Maybe some of us are tired and worn out. Lord, I pray. That your word says you, that you give your people rest, oh God. You give your people sleep. So I pray, oh God, in Jesus' name, help us to always turn to you. To understand the rhythm of grace in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Maybe some of you after today, you need to write down and, and make it a, a resolution. Yeah? For 2020, do it. Amen? I believe that every season of our lives, every part of our lives are meant to be enjoyed. Whether you are a kid or you are a teenager or you are a young adult or an adult or a senior citizen, every stage in life is meant to be enjoyed. Yeah? So sometimes I pity those children, two years old, have to go for swimming class, piano class, ballet class, whatever class you can mention, their time is longer than a working hour, you know, than a working person. I just found out, you know, that some people send their kids, they, they go to, to, to school at 8 o'clock in the morning and come back at 6 in the evening. And they're only like five years old. Wow. Ah, come on, guys. I think let's enjoy every season of our lives. Amen? Yeah? You guys okay? Yeah. You guys look a bit quiet. Yeah. So you are so restful now, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like what I say, relationships are important. Yeah. Amen? So friends, let's really learn to pace well. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, pace well. Yeah. yeah. Don't burst in, in energy, but really pace well so that we will run well and end well. Amen? So God bless you. Have a fantastic week. Yeah, before we go, let's declare the benediction. Now may the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us in our going out and our coming in. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone say, Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Harvest Generation Church. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged.